Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to a very special guest episode of That Trippy Show. Our guest today has recently talked to Dahlia Lithwick about her book on heroic women's attorneys fighting injustice, Paul Krugman on inflation, the economy, and how it's touched by just about everything, and Neil Katyal, former Solicitor General on whether Merrick Garland will indict Trump or not. Uh, and that's just his last three shows. But And I hope he doesn't disagree. Well, he can disagree if he wants... But we think we have an even bigger get today, Al Franken himself on today's show, the only former U.S. Senator currently on tour and host of the Al Franken podcast. Uh, Al, great great to have you on. Thanks for being with us today. Well, th- thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, my next guest is Sarah Silverman. <laughs> oh, cool. So, uh, so I do a lot of public policy. I don't do news of the day because there's a plenty of news of the day out there. And uh, so, Neil, when I had Neil Catchall on, I really basically I didn't want to hear what, you know, the 11th Circuit cited that day. I wanted to, to do just an overall view of what Garland's choices were. So that's the kind of thing I do. And then, and I do have every once in a while friends who are comedians because I am a comedian. I'm on tour right now. It's the, as you said, right. it's the only former U.S. senator currently on tour tour. But, you know, Sarah cares about politics, too. So we have her on. And that's that's going to be a great one. We dropped that on Sunday. Yeah, no, no. I love listening to him. That's why I, I mentioned the last three shows have been just fantastic. And it just shows the array, different array of guests and the, and, and the way you look at things. Uh, the one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about is uh, is the tour. I, I noticed that you I think you had your last show a few days ago and then you start up again in December. Is that is that because you're. You, you're going to be more political in October or is that just taking a break? Yeah, I'm going, I'm doing a couple things uh, that unfortunately coincide. I'm getting some back surgery, oh, <laughs> which is very good news. I've had a bad back for about 35 years. Bill Walton is a friend of mine and he's a friend of mine because we're both deadheads. And I was at City Field in Queens when Dead & Company did their last show and Bill was there and he saw that I was, I could stand up and dance for about 10 minutes and I had to sit down and he said, Al, what's the deal? And I told him I have the bad back and I had surgery 30 years ago. It didn't do me much good. Bill famously has benefited tremendously from back surgery. And he got me this great surgery oh, wow. in New York. So October I'm getting back surgery. It'll take me out for a little bit, but before that I'm, I'm going to Wisconsin to do some uh, campaigning there. And I have a PAC, a political action committee. And I, uh, give a lot of money uh, out to uh, Democratic parties, Democratic candidates. Uh, We'll talk about the midterms, of course. Uh, Also to the hospitality workers unite here who do the best ground game in the country. Yeah, they're great. I was trying to trace back. I think you and I met 
standing in line somewhere in the Dean campaign. I mean, it, it, I was in the Dean campaign. It, you were running the <laughs> campaign, so why were we you in line? I don't remember. <laughs> probably, probably because I like I just wanted to hang out with you. <laughs> okay. When did you catch the political bug? I mean, what, well, I your... always had it. You know, my uh, parents were very interested in politics. We we watched the news every night while eating dinner. We had tray tables, and I remember my dad was a Republican until '64, and you can probably guess why uh he yeah. changed and i remember watching cronkite and there were these um demonstrations in the south and bull connor was putting dogs and billy clubs and fire hoses on on demonstrators my dad pointed to the tv said no jew can be for this and he became finally became a democrat in 64. we we lost the south we got my dad and i've been political ever since i wrote a lot of the political satire on snl and uh, what really got me to run in, to run for the Senate was I was a good friend of, of Paul Wellstone's, and uh, I campaigned for him. And um, of course, in October of 2002, he had a vote on the war, and he was against the war in Iraq, but a large majority of Minnesotans were for it. And he told me and a lot of other people that he thought this was going to be the end of his career because he was in a neck and neck race with Norm Coleman. He voted his conscience. He voted against the war. The next poll had him up by seven because Minnesotans actually respect, expect their politicians to vote their conscience. And uh, then he died in a plane crash very soon after. And three months after he came to office, Coleman said, to be blunt, I'm a 99% improvement over Paul Wellstone. And when he said that, I said, I wonder who's going to beat this guy. Looking now into, you know, today with what, where the Republican Party is, uh, uh, how, did we, how, do we get, how did we get here? How did we get from, you know, the party of John McCain, uh, you know, reaching across the aisle to Lindsey Graham's national abortion ban and, and candidates like Oz and Herschel Walker and, and, and Blake Masters? Well, uh, of course, that's a huge question. I know. That's the question, yeah. right? And, uh, but I have an, I think I have an answer. I wrote this book, Rush Limbaugh is a Big Fat Idiot and Other Observations back in 95. And what that, and then I wrote Lies and Lying Liars Who Tell Them the Fair and Balanced Look the Right about that's Fox, a great book. Uh, not, not long after. Thank you. And what those were about was the right was just telling lies and that it was dangerous. <laughs> and uh turns out you were ahead of everybody on that one <laughs> yeah and you know rush got the presidential medal of freedom from trump for a reason because i without rush there's no trump i don't think but you know this is buchanan this is um gingrich this is limbaugh and on and on and there's been this far right you know, this has been part of our nativist right-wing politics has been around forever and um and then we had we have trump and that has taken it put us to a point where and all these guys you talk about lindsey graham you know lindsey graham just caved as they all did and the, the republican party now has ceased to participate in good faith in our democracy 
And that's why we this election is, is so important. It's, it's crazily important. And I do want your your listeners to to go out and door knock and phone bank. I assume your listeners are voting, of course, but get on the doors. You know, uh, I always say this to people I'm speaking to when I do my tour. You know, a lot of you have, have jobs, a lot of you have families. Ignore them. You know, this an eight-year-old kid knows how to use a microwave oven. That's just fact. An eight-year-old kid can teach a four-year-old kid to use a microwave <laughs> oven. Yeah. Go out there and door knock. Yeah, we've been we've been preaching that quite a bit on the, in our podcast, and uh, and this is another time that we can plug uh, jointheunion.us, folks. Uh, uh, if you want to get involved, uh, there's a it's a great place to to sign up and get out there and knock doors. Al, I'm glad you brought up the Rush Limbaugh book. Um, and Joe, I'm going to skip ahead to one of the things we were talking about pre-show, but you wrote that op-ed for the New York Daily News last year, and, and I, I quoted the, the last line from it because I think it's really important and gets to your point. You said, the most dangerous problem facing America today is the existence of two universes of information. The second universe, a universe of disinformation, has been expanding since 1989. Rush Limbaugh was the big bang, which I think is a, a pretty good way of summing it up. And so you're, th- you're you, what else are you seeing about ways that the best way to fight that it's really hard because we these two universes people are america is divided into two universes and people in the other universe from mars are that's where they get their information and we have this terrible division that has just been of course exacerbated by uh by trump and and by this disinformation and by social media. I mean, if you think about it, Rush Limbaugh was a big fat idiot. It was about radio. Uh, uh, lies and lying liars, fair and balanced. Uh, lies and lying liars who tell them fair and balanced look at the right was, was about uh, Fox and about cable, TV. Social media since then has just expanded this to, it's, it's, it's now people just get their information in different places. And, and, they lie. They have no compunction about it. And a lot of people are making a lot of money off it. And it's disgusting. And the, all we can do is keep trying to get our message out. But it's, it's really, really, I don't know the answer to how to, uh, to bridge this at all. I mean, one of the things that just strikes me, again, that whole uh, sort of evolution that you just talked about radio, you know, uh, broadcast cable and now fragmentation on the internet is that They've on the other side with Murdoch, the Koch brothers, and uh, you know, have spent 30, 40 years building this outrage machine that's not just Fox, it's Breitbart, it's OAN, it's Newsmax, it's a zillion alt right websites. Yeah. And there's just been no that that's the mainstream media, it's not their job, they're just never going to be the thing that fights that. And so, I just I keep struggling with how we build. The a pro democracy platform or something that that is the same thing. I mean that we're investing in. We're all trying to spread that message and take these guys on. But you know, it, it's hard to get anybody to fund something like that, unfortunately, because they, they just don't think the threat's there and don't see the threat. It was interesting when we did Air America, which was underfunded. Yeah. I mean that was our enormous. That was the problem, which is we didn't we couldn't get good signals. 
Right. And we didn't have enough money to buy, you know, to, and we, we didn't have a, a billboard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and radio billboards are really important because people, when they drive around, yeah. see billboards for radio. Yeah, but that's it's that's so the whole point. We can't. I don't. Under, you know, because uh, I've been out there trying. You know, we're trying to uh, to you know get people to to sort of fund I, and I all. Get a call once a year, or once every other. You know, how do we put this together? I, I, you know, you need uh, need billions of dollars, and and then it's also like I just it, it is like one hand behind your back, which is where where we kind of tell the truth. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> and so it's it's still by its nature. Also, I think the internet, by the way, has dumbed down people completely. You know, when people go on Twitter, it's it's let's just reduce everything to what'll get the most hits, which will be the most outrageous, stupid stuff and something. Like that. We 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 have I think a, a pro a part of our problem too is our country's getting a little is getting stupider every day. Not insult people <laughs> well yeah no but the, the, co co consuming a, consuming fewer facts i mean because of the the fragmentation it's what they, they 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 just can't possibly know enough and and you look at something like facebook and the idea that they don't know what their algorithms are doing or have no control over them the, the algorithms are there to feed people stuff that they want to get that'll keep them on and in a lot of cases, that's stuff that'll agitate them. They know that. Right. And so the algorithm sends them exactly what'll do that. The algorithm is literally doing what they say they have no control over. Right. <laughs> so, and so I think Section 230 is something that we can look at, which is basically something that was, what was the Internet Decency Act or something in the, the early 90s, yeah. uh, which had it said that, that these things are platforms and not publishers and therefore can't be held responsible for what they what they put out there i think we have to revisit that uh, that was a, that was the first amendment yeah a pro first amendment thing and i'm all for that but we have people just being fed disinformation deliberately by these platforms so one of the things that i wanted to get to as well though is you said on cnn that sort of getting into other parts of where the right's coming at us. Mm -hmm. uh, you said on CNN that the stolen, you know, uh, SCOTUS seats under Trump destroyed the legitimacy of the court. Yeah. And so, we, ha you know, we have these corrupted institutions and not a lot of momentum to fix them. Um, you know, we have the Electoral Count Act, but... Uh, I even worry about that because that basically says yeah. whatever the state sends. And then now you have this, now you have this court that Neil Cotchell is actually arguing this North Carolina case, which is arguing that uh, the state legislatures have the authority basically to do whatever they want in terms of elections. And so they can be sending the uh, fake electors to the Senate. They can determine who supposedly won the popular vote in their state or they can they can pretty much do whatever they want, according to this case. And four justices took it, you know, and th that's extremely dangerous. But uh, oh, what was the question? Well, I forgot no, 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 where I was. I just this is so scary. Yeah, no, no. That, that's what I was trying to get at because there are circuits my mind sometimes. Yeah, they're you know, they you know, they're they're doing this in the courts. They're changing state state laws and the legislatures, you know, that we're seeing. Yeah. They, they, they've got this outrage 
machine. This is why one of the things that my PAC is doing is funding the secretaries of state races. Because yeah. those are very important. Yeah. In a, but this, in a lot of ways, yeah. they may be the most important. In some of these states, they're more important. You know, look, all the Senate seats and the House seats are important, but uh, everything's important. Everything's important yeah. this year. <laughs> got, well, no, but that's the point. You know, one of the things now that, you know, I've seen on my side, you know, is somebody who manages campaigns or, or a strategy. I think Nadler is going to win. So if, if on the Upper West Side of New York, don't door knock for Nadler. No, but. I, this is the point I was going to make off of your Secretary of State <laughs> yeah. comment, is that people need to stay in the booth all the way down. Yes, vote for Senate, vote for Governor, but stay all the way down. Go through Secretary of State. Stay in the booth and vote. I mean, get, get out there, knock doors. But to, Yeah, and every state is yeah. different. In Pennsylvania, the Governor appoints the Secretary yeah. of State, so the Governor's race there is, is, is so crucial. Also, they have a nut. <laughs> They, they have nuts everywhere. They have nuts. Yeah, they have nuts everywhere. They're the Trump uh, endorsed uh, candidates are by and large nuts. You have Walker and you have uh, Masters in uh, Arizona, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Vance and Ohio. You have, and then you have just your garden variety already existing nuts, Ron Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, but these are all amazingly crucial races. Well, I think that's why we have. I, I still, I, I still maintain that's why I think we have a, a shot uh, in a lot of these places because, is uh, you know, if we keep doing the work, well, clearly, you know, they keep, clearly Pennsylvania and uh, Georgia are, are races we should be able to win. Pennsylvania is a pickup. We need at least two, I, I think, yeah. in order to do some reform of the filibuster. Ah, that's what I was one place I did want to get to too. Uh, mm-hmm. How do we fix the Senate? You wrote an op-ed with Norm Orenstein, uh, a great friend of the pod. He's been how, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to fix the the filibuster? You know, tell us about your encounter with Jim Bunning and why you think flipping from sixty to end the debate to forty-one or continue it would make a big difference. Well, at the end of the first week in the Senate, and the Senate ends the weekends. Uh, these votes on. Um, Thursday, early evening, um, coming back, and then you go to your office, then you go to the airport and you fly home for the weekend. So I'm getting on the subway in the, the basement there. And Jim Bunning, who I didn't know at the time, was just a nasty jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know him yet. And everyone will acknowledge that. And, you know, the, the guy's passed, so I'm very sorry. About that. But anyway, so I say to him, uh, Jim, have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. He goes, Oh, I don't have to be here on Monday. It's a it's just it's a cloture vote. And I realized that, oh my God, that's right. Uh, we have to get 60 votes to um get cloture to break a filibuster. They don't have to do anything, they don't have to show up, right? I guess they have to have one. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, somebody's going to be there, but that's about it. Yeah, that's it. So um, I called Norm. And I went like, God, that's screwed up. And we started talking about it. And we thought that why not just make it just reverse it? And you have to have 41 votes to sustain a filibuster. So that way, the people who are actually stopping things and filibustering would have to show up. Right. <laughs> and, and so uh, we've been working on this for years now. And when 
so and I I I was talking to Mansion about it, and I at one point Mansion indicated that he was going to do this in a something that was secretly taped. He 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 did a conversation with Third Way, I think, which is kind of this supposedly middle of the road organization that and he and what norm and i had said was that to keep a filibuster going 41 you need 41 votes and those 41 have to stay on the floor if you have 50 senators in your party that want a filibuster you can have just have that 41 on the floor so nine can can do other stuff if they want to but and they they have to actually uh, debate. Everything has to be germane. No green eggs and ham. Just you have to speak to the issue. And I would have loved to just have seen that on voting rights. I would have loved to have seen that on any of this. And I was talking to Joe, but at a certain point, uh, he I lost him, and uh, obviously sent him a two. But that's not what I was telling Joe. Joe said, well, I have I have uh, Robert Byrd's seat. He was I said this. This doesn't get rid of the filibuster. It reforms the filibuster and actually makes it much more like what the filibuster was supposed to be, because the filibuster used to be rare. And McConnell is the guy that broke that McConnell filibustered as many executive nominees during the Obama administration as had been filibustered in the entire previous history of the country. McConnell broke the Senate. Yeah, absolutely. You're right, right there. Uh, so we've talked filibuster and, and court, which is... So if we pick up two, we have a, we have a shot at that, at reform, right. not getting rid yeah. of it. Do you think, I mean, what worries you more? I mean, the court right now or... or I mean, which would, which would you, uh, everything, I guess. Well, the problem with the court, of course, yeah. is you, is, is that the only solution there is to add the justices that we lost, right? which is four, a, a net of four, because uh, Garland, um, that was unprecedented what they did. Yeah. And McConnell, you know, said, well, uh, you know, the Biden rule. Right. Well, he, in, in, what was it? What year was it? Well, whatever. He did a speech and he said that you won't. And, and Biden didn't say that we won't take up a, uh, a nominee. From, this was, I guess, uh, let's see. So it was uh, Bush's last year. So right. it must have been 92. So in June of 92, he gave a speech on the floor of Biden. And he said that. If someone wants to resign, this is not about a, a justice dying. This is about someone resigning in June, if someone right. resigned, in order to be replaced by another conservative justice. Right. He said, we'll take it up. We'll take up a nominee, but you got to either confer with us or just nominate a, a moderate. Right. Right. Consult with us. And Obama had consulted with Orrin Hatch. Orrin Hatch had said Merrick Garland would be a perfect choice. So the by so and I in the Judiciary Committee just railed. I read the friggin' Biden speech, all you know, and these guys, you know, it was cynical. And if if Garland had come up, he would have America would have just impressed if he had oh, had yeah. the hearing. 
And so there's that one. And then then you remember Lindsay saying, keep the tape. If a seat comes open during an election year after the primaries have started. And, to, and you know, that to, he would uh, be there. Trump is president. That we will not take him up or her up. We will not take right. that up. Keep the tape. Use it against me. And then, of course, Coney Barrett was sworn in like eight or nine days before the election. Yeah. And so this is so that's why I've said I said on CNN, this is this is an illegitimate court. So what's the solution? Well, you can say, OK, that's a net of four. Those would have been two of ours. So we should just be able to appoint four and then it would be seven and six. And then the problem with that, of course, is that eventually they'll get the presidency and, and do it again, control the Senate and they'll do that. Right. Yeah. And that's sort of where does that go? But theirs is the original sin on that. So but the way for us to to me to do we have to win right. this election and we have to elect two. We have to get a net of two more senators so that we can do some filibuster reform. And another thing about that reform, by the way, I hate to go into. No, that's know, why we have you on. Yeah, it is that. It will restore to what it was, which is that the majority isn't going to want to have the floor tied up. So what will happen is there'll be there's no there's no uh, motivation now to 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 negotiate, to compromise by either side right now. None. But to prevent a filibuster, then the then the side filibustering, that's a lot of lot, you know. You know, uh, Grassley isn't going to want to stay up. Right. 20, you know, have 23 or 21 hours. I've done the math, right. <laughs> you know, and neither is McConnell. And <laughs> right. And so they don't want to do that. And we don't want to just have the we need the time right. when you're in the majority. You need the time. So that's that would create compromise. And that's why I was trying to tell Joe Manchin. Yeah, well, we we definitely need uh, need compromise. We Alex and I both worked for uh, Doug Jones race in in Alabama, and you know he he was a big you know person in terms of trying to reach across party lines and get things done. And the, I just well, he's in Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, I just don't see anybody that on the other side right now who's even approachable you know it, it, it depends on the issue yeah. they did it on uh you know on infrastructure sure, of course of course and and that basically house republicans didn't thank god we have majority there and but we got what i don't know how many uh 10 republicans or more at least obviously to do it in in the senate and there are other things on the chips right yeah uh, act which you know there there are certain things you get bipartisanship on but they're kind of no-brainers yeah. the fact that we didn't get an infrastructure bill during trump is amazing yeah <laughs> isn't it one he ran on it two well, infrastructure week for four years yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was yeah i was there during a number of the uh, infrastructure weeks <laughs> Well, look, uh, you know, the one thing, it, it does seem like Democrats uh, have really been turning the tide over the summer, both in momentum, post-Dobbs, and with uh, 
you know, several big wins that you just, some of them you just mentioned, uh, things like the Inflation Reduction Act under Joe Biden, climate change, uh, student loan forgiveness. How would you, you know, what do you see as the, like the winning message now for the midterms? I mean, what would you prescribe for Democrats to be doing these last, you know, six, seven well, weeks? I would, I would run on those accomplishments, which are, are very major. I mean, finally addressing climate Right. It's huge. And if you want to get young people voting, they know that that's they, they see what's happening and they know it's in their interest. And that's three hundred seventy billion dollars. Finally, you know, um, then you have Medicare, you know, seniors, you have Medicare now is going to on some drugs going to be able to uh, negotiate, right. which with pharmaceutical companies, which is a huge yeah, reduce their, those costs. And on insulin, it, you know, it caps the price of insulin for seniors. It, it and it, it starts to tax corporations that are, you know, corporations that would tell their their uh, investors that they made a profit, but send some of the IRS said they didn't. So in the finance committee, they were they changed. <laughs> how you report so they're now going to be paying taxes on the actual profit they're making uh so some really good things happen in that i would also run on our democracy at stake because i think people know that and i think our people know that and so i think that's an enormous issue and of course you know abortion is is a huge huge issue yeah. and that is about this illegitimate court doing something that was settled law for i don't have to tell everybody 50 years and it's 49 years and you know that's that's gonna animate you saw what happened in kansas yeah 59 41 in kansas right yeah i know and there's a lot of (laughs) there's a big surge in women registering to vote and uh exactly and younger people registering to vote since then too so as a comedian yeah, as you can tell, I've been hilarious. Yeah, so no, 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 no. But how do you how do you find humor in politics today? I mean, it seems a lot harder with the stakes, uh, you know, for our democracy so high. How can it be used as an effective vehicle? I mean, the the the, the thing that brings, brings us to mind is your tweet on Lindsey Graham. You know, understand this is a matter of deep principle for Lindsey, just like when he declared Trump a race baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. Uh, that was there was no there was humor in that in a way that I think yeah, made a well, point. I, I uh, my first career and now my <laughs> my eighth career is is comedy, and uh, that's that's my love and you know and uh i never i had done stand up with tom davis i don't remember if you remember franken and davis but oh sure I started in high uh, high school with tom and we were two of the original snl writers and uh but we did very we did stand up but as a team and we were very i don't know if you know bob and ray but we were very bob and ray yeah influence and um so once i left senate i started doing speeches and i realized you know what this is mainly funny (laughs) and so uh so i said i could do it why don't i just get rid of the podium here and do stand-up so i started working out at the comedy cellar and yeah i bring in and stuff changes you know since i started this tour we went uh russia invaded ukraine and uh so uh, it's fun to go after i go after tucker carlson a lot on you know the day before russia invaded he said 
you know, the, uh, uh, Democrats say we should hate Putin, but why? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, has he ever called me a racist? Has he ever sent has he sent our middle class jobs to Russia? Yeah. Has he tried to cancel Christmas? And I said, you know, he's right. Putin hasn't done that. And yet I, I, and then I used the F word, hate Tucker Carlson. <laughs> and, I, and I just, and then, I mean, yeah, you can use humor uh, for anything. And sometimes the darker, the better. Do you, do you see, I mean, like, should, should more of you guys run? I mean, I'm just, uh, uh, I mean, I just you mean more comedians. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I found is, is that sometimes it's used against you. Everything you oh, ever yeah. do is Every put joke. through the dehumorizer. So, um, and that's, that was the case in my first race. It was, and it, it, it's hard. And ultimately, um, yeah. So I, I can understand why comedians don't want to do it. Well, there's a lot of good folks who don't want to do it. That's also part of the problem, I think, because uh, what... You know, yeah. I've actually, you know, thought again as somebody who manages a campaign, you sit there and go like, why is this guy going to put up with what's about to come, you know, come down? Uh, I think a lot of good people haven't run because of exactly that. Yeah. And we get a lot of bad people. Right. Gets down to, <laughs> yeah, I just want to, can I? Or mediocre yeah, people. Yeah. Well, when it, <laughs> yeah. when it comes down to the, your only question is, can I win? Or what do I got to say to win? Then it's, you know, it, it, when that's the, the kind of, the key motivator it's uh i think it's well you reasons. know you, you, you know democrats want to know that their candidate can win yeah. so you don't really want a candidate going in like you know the reason i'm running is to make a point yeah no no you don't want to do that either no 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 you don't want to do that yeah, i mean you know i don't care if i win yeah i'm a refreshing candidate. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so before we go out i just wanted to ask uh, about uh your relationship uh What's your relationship like with the president, with Biden, and uh, what what is he like in in person? I think our listeners. Well, like I know him. Joe for a while. I mean, I got to know him when I was in the Senate, and um, I saw him at the uh, Mondale Memorial last. I guess also at the Harry Memorial. Yeah, I was at the Mondale Memorial. You know, yeah, it, it was a and um, yeah, we we I think. You know, a lot of people criticize him, but he's accomplished a lot. He's really accomplished a lot. And and also, I think he's led us, led this coalition brilliantly on Ukraine, which um, is tragic. And it's tragic that we have to do this, but we have to do this. And I think his leadership has been tremendous on that. And these latest accomplishments, it took a while. We yeah. had a and and I was arguing a year ago that we should just put the elements of build back better on the floor because if you and and they'd lose because republicans wouldn't vote for them i don't think but if you think about it like universal pre-k yeah unbelievably popular and unbelievably the return on investment right big for pre-k is 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 enormous yeah <laughs> and it's the a brilliant thing to do uh, there are all kinds of things like that. The child tax credit, we really should be doing that. And uh, there may be an opportunity to do that. There's a, uh, uh, in the 2017 Trump tax cut, 
they put a, a ticking time bomb on getting rid of um, taking a the corporation is taking a deduction for capital investments that they can now take the full deduction in the first year they make the investment, but now it's going to spread out over the future. And they put that in to score it for scoring purposes. And it's going to, that's now the clock. It's going to, it's going to end, end the ticking. And um, we may have an opportunity to give them that in exchange for a child tax credit, which we know reduces, it just reduces childhood poverty. And we know the research, what it does for just even kids brain activity right yeah for their parents not to be that anxious for them to have food you know healthy food it's unbelievably stupid not to do it and maybe we can trade that that'd be great i got one last question i think we saw you on jimmy kimmel talking about uh that you might consider another run uh or I don't think I talked about that on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, well, maybe it was. I think you're hallucinating. <laughs> supporting but, another. I think it was a, you were supporting another unrelated Franken in, in Iowa. Um, but what is next for you? What 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 are you? It, well, I'm keeping my options open. But in the meantime, that's a very uh, good. The, that's a very good answer. I would advise thank you. you I would a advise campaign <laughs> manager. <laughs> uh, I'm keeping my options open, and that's my official position. <laughs> and um, I, I'm doing. I'm concentrating on the. Um, I love touring. I love doing stand up. I love it's, and it's been wonderful. Uh, I've done. I don't know. There, I just did one in Long Beach two nights ago. That's why I'm on the West Coast. I have grandchildren here, so I'm, oh, cool. I'm here in LA right now. So there's that, and and also I have a political action committee. As I say, I'm traveling Wisconsin. I'm, I'm uh, and and trying to support as many Democrats as I can in what I consider the most important races, and in Minnesota, and in Minnesota, which are very important races. Secretary of State Steve Simon, there. Uh, I, uh, the, we we need to take the state Senate there to give the governor, and we need to reelect the governor um there's so uh, I'm, I'm very active right now in trying to make sure that uh um, we elect the right people so we can govern well well it, i think uh i think all of us hopefully follow follow that lead and uh, get out there knock the doors keep up the work and, and al uh, you know thanks for coming on uh and thank you everybody for listening to that trippy show we will put links to the tour coming upcoming tour dates in december right. uh in our show notes as well as the uh the al franken podcast and i mean it, it, people are telling you you should listen to that podcast it's a it's a a really um different one with sarah is actually i've just been listening to it for you know we yeah. edit these things and uh, god it's great <laughs> <laughs> it really is so is the one with dahlia which is yeah, up right that's now. the one i just got done listening to that one there, it, isn't she great yeah. she's amazing I, for yeah. your listeners who don't know dahlia lithwick uh, she uh writes about the supreme court for slate and i think she's the does the best commentary and uh on, on the court and uh she i think she's been she's been the guest most frequently on my podcast but this is this book is so inspiring it's called lady justice and it is about these uh women many unheralded sally yates i guess is the best known but who who have stood up and done 
incredible stuff uh, for justice. And um, so, yeah, I'm very proud of the, the yeah. podcast. No, the podcast yeah. is great. Uh, you- Originally, I was going to do uh, just, uh, I started about doing a podcast on cuts of beef, <laughs> but I, I just, uh, there were already 12 <laughs> podcasts just on brisket. <laughs> And seven of them are really good. So I decided to do what I'm doing now instead. Well, the Al Franken podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Al, for for coming on the show. You can find tickets on Al's upcoming tour dates at alfranken.com and check out his podcast, the Al Franken podcast, available on the platform of your choice. You can find it the same place you found this one. We'll be back next week. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. See you next time. Thanks, Al. You bet. Thank you, guys.